Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. We are in part two of our spicy series, and today it does get a little bit more spicier than last week, all right? And so I'm going to put a rating of PG-13 on this message today. If you have little ones that are sitting next to you that are under the age of 13, well, that's just a parental prerogative. Uh, It's up to you. I'm not going to say anything risque, but I am going to talk about some stuff today that may have a rating on it. We started in Genesis chapter 2 last week. We said in Genesis chapter 2, this is the foundational scripture of the series. Verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. And again, we, we, we told you last week that word helper in the original uh, language is, is the word azare. Azare. And what it means is it means indispensable companion or one who does what we can't do for ourselves, right? In fact, 16 times in Scripture, the Bible refers to God or describes God as a zare, an indispensable companion. Well, it's interesting as we read the text that that's what he says about the man. There's not a, there's not a companion for the man, so I'm going to make the woman for the man. And then we have the beginning of the family. Last week, we talked to you about one of the uh, secret ingredients to any great marriage are, is two servants in love. In fact, the worst marriages in the world are two selfish people in love. Like, they're in love. They're just extremely selfish people. And if you, if you were out of town last week, um, we know it was Labor Day weekend last week, and a lot of people traveled, a lot of people had plans. If you were out of town, I would definitely recommend getting the podcast um, you, can, you can find the uh, audio version on our website, yourplacechurch.com, or you, if you subscribe to podcasts, just search Your Place Church. You'll find our podcast, and you can download that, and it is available for, to, or for you. Today, we're going to get super, super practical, all right? Um, there are times in this series where we feel like there's going to be a little bit more of a spiritual emphasis. There are going to be times that it's a little bit more of a practical one. This today is practical for the next few minutes. There's a lot of jokes about marriage out there, and um, we've, we've heard some of them. Um, uh, Henny Youngman said this, uh, you know what I did before I, I got married? Anything I wanted to. <laughs> Give me some sympathy laughter at least, I mean, all right, sympathy laughter. Rodney Dangerfield, which I would not take marriage advice from, says, my wife and I were happy for 20 years, then we met. There you go. A good wife always forgives her husband when she's wrong. Ah, it took you a second on that one. It took you a second on that one. Uh, George Burns says, I was married by a judge. I should have asked for a jury. And these are funny. You know what I mean? These are, these are, these are humorous. But the reason why they're funny is there is an element of truth to what they're talking about. And we laugh at some of these things. But I'm convinced it's because most of us haven't actually taken the time to actually get to know our spouse, our best friend, our partner for life. And outside of your spouse's individual love language, which I actually had 10 pages of notes for you guys today, 
10 pages of notes because this is something that Tyra and I believe in. And uh, I, was, I was going over the notes with Tyra yesterday, and she's like, you're going to have to cut like, like 30% of this, all right? You know, we don't have this kind of time because we've got three services on the weekend. So I did not, I did not leave the love uh, languages in there. Maybe we'll catch it up towards the end of the series. But today, I want to talk about the four basic needs of a man and the four basic needs of a woman. And I know people are in the room like, man, I just did not know marriage was so complicated. Well, it's not complicated if you understand the laws or the needs of marriage. See, here's the thing. A lot of us, we'll get a new toy or we'll get a new piece of equipment or something, and we'll read all the features of that toy or that piece of equipment so we can know everything that it does. I know I'm that way anytime I get a new piece of technology. I want to know what the upgrade does. Like, I want to know everything. Like, if the thing can play music, it needs to play music for me. If it can turn on my air conditioner, it needs to turn on my air conditioner. I want to know. And a lot of us... We'll actually spend more time studying for our driver's license than we do our partner, our spouse, right? We'll spend more time preparing uh, for the wedding than we do the marriage. And so that's what this series is. This series is an attempt to help kind of shed some light on the topic of marriage. And it's not just about marriage. How many of you guys know the five love languages apply to your kids? If your child is a words of affirmation person, then you should probably learn how to speak their love language. If they're a gifts, if they're a quality time, it applies to your parents. And I know you're like, well, I thought you weren't going to talk about those. I'm not. I'm not. But I really wanted to. Today, I'm going to spend time talking about the, the basic needs of a man and the basic needs of a woman. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, today is super practical. But Father, we still believe that it's saturated in your presence and in Scripture. So, Father, I pray that you would lead us. Father, today we're not sitting here thinking about, man, I wish so-and-so was here. God, today we want to grow. We want to learn. We want to better ourselves. And so, Father, speak to us today. Make this message applicable to every single person in the room or who's listening online, no matter what their background is, no matter what their story is. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we said we were going to get um, super practical and talk about needs. Meeting each other's needs in marriage minimizes outside temptation. We live in a world where temptation is a real thing. But when you understand and meet your spouse's needs, it minimizes the outside temptation. We said last week that men and women are different, as different as pink and blue. Remember that? I was talking about the the blue headphones last week and the pink headphones, where there are four major needs of a woman and there are four major needs of a man. And we have found that out of the most, we have found that most people take the energy necessary to love each other and they use that energy to try to change each other. Does that make sense? I'm going to say that one again. We have found out that most people take the energy that's necessary to love each other and use it to try to change each other. And that just leads to a battle. Is this going to be a woman home or a man home? Is this, going to be, is this marriage going to be about my needs prevailing or your needs prevailing? 
Well, in a godly marriage, it is a win-win situation. No one loses in a godly-type marriage. And so we're going to start with the fellas today, okay? So I'm going to go over the four basic needs of a man, all right? And every, every one of these, you know, uh, the man has a, what I'm going to call a mega need, and the woman has what I'm going to call a mega need. Now, a lot of this I've gotten from uh, Jimmy and Karen Evans, who wrote the book Marriage on the Rock, not Marriage on the Rocks. Marriage on the rock, talking about Jesus, right? And so I, if, if you follow them, you'll probably hear a lot of the same content. Well, the first basic need of a man, all right? So ladies, take some notes here, okay? It's probably not what you think it is, okay? The first basic need, and this is our mega need, is honor and respect. Believe it or not, it's honor and respect. Ephesians 5, verse 33 says, however, each one of you... Uh, also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Respect your husband like you would the Lord, not the way your mom respected your dad. This is going to be an interesting service, I can tell right now, because I was waiting for amen, or yeah, ooh, or mm, whatever, right? So respect your husband like you would the Lord. Not how your mom respected your dad, okay? Because a lot of times that's how we get how to do life is we watch how our parents did life. Uh, men will gravitate to the place where he gets the most honor and respect. A lot of ladies are like, I don't know why he works all the time. Or I don't know why he never comes home. Well, it's very natural for a man to gravitate to the places where he gets the most honor and the most respect. Why? Because that is a mega need in a man, honor and respect. With, e with each need, I'm going to show you how to fill it. So ladies, just kind of pay attention here. How do you honor and respect your husband? Number one, allow him to fail. Allow him to fail. And I'm not talking about, you know, destructive behavior, but I want you to understand that your man is not perfect. Shocker. I know, right? Like, what? I didn't marry a perfect person? No. He is, he is not perfect, and he is going to fail. A lot of damage is done by women trying to fix their man. Are you with me? Let, let him make a mistake. Let him get lost. Let him drive around for hours. By the way, a man is never lost when he's driving. He is just on an adventure, all right? That is just the truth. We've just, we just never been this way before, okay? He's not lost. He's just on an adventure. It's okay. You can confront and communicate with your husband, but let God be the enforcer. Does that make sense? You, you guys are your equal partners in this relationship. And so you can communicate with your husband, but it's not your job to enforce it. Let God be the enforcer. You get in your prayer closet and say, God, get him. God, you just get him. You get him, God. You, you sick him. You know what I mean? You get him. Because here's what will happen. God knows exactly how to get into your husband's world and change him, and you don't get in trouble for it. 
You know what I mean? God is the one who can do that. The Bible refers to the woman as the gentle and quiet spirit. Now, that does not mean weak and timid. I know some of you ladies are very strong women, and you get offended at that scripture, and I wouldn't blame you. But that's not what it's saying here. Gentle and quiet is just the opposite of rough and loud. Are you with me? That's what a man is looking for, the gentle and quiet spouse. Uh, you think your husband's not going to make a mistake or, or shouldn't make a mistake, and if he is going to make a mistake, you think it's your responsibility to stop him. No. Feel free to express yourself once, once, and then let God change him. If he, now, if it's self-destructive behavior, call somebody don't let him self-destruct. Obviously, if he's harming himself, does that make sense? We don't want him to do that. Well, how do you honor and respect your husband? Honor him where you want him to be. Honor him where you want him to be. Tyra was so good at this. In our early days of our marriage, she would say things about me that I didn't even believe about me. She would say, you're such a great leader. You're such a great father to our kids. You're such a great husband, right? She was honoring me to the place that she saw me going, not to the place where I was. Proverbs 31 says that the Proverbs 31 woman, right, her husband is an elder at the city gates. It's interesting to me that they attributed this to her, not to him. My thought is he probably wouldn't be sitting at the city gates if she didn't see that inside of him and honor him to that place. Does that make sense, friends? My best friend and my biggest supporter in my life is my wife. We become in an atmosphere of honor. Men become in an atmosphere of honor. The number three way that you can honor and respect your man is to cover his faults and focus on his strengths. Cover his faults and focus on his strengths. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. And what the devil wants us to do is constantly think about all the negative things that that man is doing. You know what I mean? But what God wants us to do is think about all the positive things about him, all his best qualities. God wants us to honor those qualities in each other. Men want a thankful wife. You're a great husband. I love what you do. You work hard for our family. I appreciate you. You're a great father. And then here's what he does not want. He does not want you walking around and having conversations with all your girlfriends and talking about all of his faults, all of his flaws. Because what that does is if his honor and respect bubble was this big and then you begin to talk about him, it's like shoving a pitchfork into that thing and it just pops and it explodes. Cover his faults Honor him to the place that you want him to go. The number two basic need of, of, of every man, but I would, say, I would say some men are different. Most men, the number two need of most men, and most ladies thought this was number one, but it's sex, all right? It's sex. Only about 20% of women are more sexual than their husbands, 
but most men are more sexual than their wives. Well, how do you meet that need? I said I was going to help you guys today, all right? I am here as a wealth of information and knowledge for you, okay? I've got volumes of research that I've done on these topics, right? So how do you meet that basic need of your man? Communicate to him that you accept his need for sex and that you're committed to meeting it. That you're committed to meeting it. A lot of women will try to shame their husbands out of desiring it. Again? Really? What are you, a pervert? You know what I mean? It's like we, we, they try to shame their husbands out of desiring it. When it, at the end of the day, guys, it's just a basic need of a man. Men are way more visible and physical than women are. They want to see their wives naked. It's just how they're wired, or at least in something spicy, okay? And uh, flannel is not spicy. I was uh, listening to, uh, uh, Jimmy Evans was talking about this, and he said that uh, he, was, he was doing a marriage seminar, and he was talking about, you know, there's a place for, a flan- there's, there's a place for flannel. And uh, he did not know that there was a comedian in the audience. And he said, when he said there's a place for flannel, uh, flannel, the guy yells out, the fireplace. And so, like, men are very visual, right? Men do not need non-sexual touching. That's what women want. Men actually want touching. They want to see everything. And here's the problem. A lot of women don't feel good about themselves. They don't feel good about themselves. And so what happens is is they don't want to be seen by their husband. And sometimes that happens because the husband, come on, I'm going to get on your case a little bit, fellas, are comparing their wife's body to another woman's body. We just don't do that, guys. We just don't compare our wife's body to someone else's body. If you want your wife to feel more sexual than she does, then you need to recognize these things. Ladies, be more sexual than you feel. Oh, it's getting hot in here. I can tell right now. It is one of those type services. All right, so ladies, in a few minutes, let me tell you what I'm going to tell your man. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell your man that you want honest and open communication with him. And then he's going to look at me like I am just off the planet, okay? Because he doesn't want, he doesn't even know how to do honest and open communication. He doesn't feel like having honest and open communication. And what I'm going to tell him in a few minutes is, you just cough it up, okay? That's what I'm going to tell him. So in light of that conversation, all right, Feel more sexual or be more sexual than you feel. Be more sexual than you feel. So many people that think that sex happens when you both feel like it. If that was true, sex would happen about eight times in a marriage, okay? It does, it, 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 you're not, neither one of you are both going to feel like it at the same time every time. Most sex in marriage is actually meeting the need of your spouse that... That, that you don't have. You don't have that need, and so you're meeting that need. If your wife is more sexual than you are, then you have to meet that need for her. You meet your spouse's needs. You're the only one that can meet your spouse's needs. So be more sexual than you feel. Be more energetic. 
be more creative in meeting that need. The third basic need of a man. I can tell that one was just like, I was expecting guys to go, that's right. About time I started attending a church that believed in the Word of God. <laughs> Dance around these topics. The third need in a man is, believe it or not, fun and friendship. Fun and friendship. We want our, we want our wives to be our friends, not our mothers. I'm going to give the fellas one more chance on that one. We want our wives to be our friends, not our mothers. Amen. Be our friends. There's a reason he fell in love with you. Don't lose your identity just because you enter a phase of mothering. He fell in love with you. There's a reason he fell in love with you. Don't lose your identity because you start having children. So when Tyra and I first got married, um, I just, I don't know, uh, I, Bass Pro Shops was a thing, and it still is a thing, and I went around, and I, and I wanted to be one of these guys that was, I just thought it was cool um, to, to, to be a bow hunter, okay? So I, I got me a compound bow, and um, I, I set up a piece of styrofoam that I found floating in the lake someplace in the backyard, and I drew a target on it, and I started practicing, you know, you know, I started practicing trying to hit that, that target because in my mind, I was going to be some great white hunter. You know what I mean? I'm going to go into the woods like a caveman, and I'm going to bring you home meat, choice meat for you, right? Knife and bow and arrow, and I'm going to go into the woods, right? And, um, and I started doing this, and she, well, she wanted to try well, and of course, my bow was a little bit, you know, big, and she couldn't pull my bow back. And I'm like, she's like, well, that's kind of, that's kind of a bummer. I, I would actually do this. I went and bought her a bow, a compound bow. We sat out in the backyard until we could at least shoot in a pattern like this. And then she wanted to go hunting with me. I'm like, you want to you go with me? I have no idea what I'm doing. But um, we can, yeah, like, go. Like, let's go. And so we went to my grandma's. She's got all this acreage. And my great uncle had a, a, about an acre of land sewn into to, to like winter wheat. And it was coming up. And all the deer would come over there. And we scaled up the trees wearing deodorant and clothes that were washed in laundry detergent. And all the hunters are like, rookie. Anyway, but we didn't know, right? We didn't see a thing all day long, right? Because we smelled like well, humans, and the deer knew we were there, but we had such a great time. Your husband will never be as open with you as he is when you come out of your world into his world. Go fishing with him. Go play golf. I don't like that. Come out of your world into his world. You'll be sitting somewhere having fun, and all of a sudden, your husband will just open up to you. The, man, the man's last basic need, and again, there are more needs, but these are the four basic needs of every man, is a supportive home. A supportive home. I believe men ought to come home and do housework. I just believe that. And a lot of guys are like, well, I work, I bring home the bacon. Well, so does she. She's raising those kids, and if she's, I mean, it's even, uh, it even becomes more challenging if she also works. And someone, you know, she's got to get the kids and bring them home. Um, in other words, when you get home, you're not just off. At our home, 
I do the cooking. I vacuum. I do dishes. I typically am the one who does the windows. I don't know how that fell on me. It's just one day. She's just praising God over it. I, I got a squeegee, and I just, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's, it's a game to me to try to get that line. You know what I mean? Not to, I just, that's just how it is. But it's Tyra who turns our house into a home. Like, she's the one. Ladies, you focus on nesting. You're good at that. I just, I just turn the lady loose to turn, to turn our house into a home. Tyra's the one always changing the senses out in our home, right? Anytime, I mean, those little senses, you know, they, they kind of lose their smell after a while. If we come home and she doesn't smell it, she's the one cleaning those out and, and turning our house into a home. She knows that I like the bed made. I like clean sheets, and I like the carpet lines. And I know you're like, but I thought you do all the vacuuming. Not all the vacuuming. I do most of the vacuuming. There are days that I come home that she's been home, and she's got the carpet lines. What is she doing? She just knows I like that. Now, I don't walk around the house going, how come there's no carpet lines, right? I'm thankful when she does things like that. Why? She's turning our house into a home. She had a desire for a romantic master bedroom, okay? And I didn't know what that meant. Apparently, that means light colors and lots of pillows. I now know what that means, right? And she turned our master bedroom into this, this amazing place for us, right? She's the interior designer of our, of our home. And I know there's a lot of men out here who have some strong opinions about the look of their home, but I would encourage you, just let her go. Just let her go and see how she turns that house into a home for you. So men want respect, honor. They want sex. They want to be buddies. They want to have fun, a fun home to come home to. Those are his needs. So let's talk about the woman's needs. Her first and I would say mega need, fellas, is security. Security. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The standard for women is respect him like you would the Lord. Well, the standard for men is to give your life for her just like Christ gave his life for the church, just like he loves the church. Women feel the most secure when there is a sacrificial, sensitive man that they're married to at home. They feel the most secure when there is a a sacrificial, sensitive man that they're in love with. They feel the most insecure when they're married to a selfish, detached man. Security to a woman means, uh, to my hurt, I will meet your needs. To my hurt, I, I'm, I am second. I'm not the head of this home just so I can have the big, cheer, the big chair and the clicker, right? That's not why I am the head of this home. I am the head of this home so I can make sure that whatever you need, I can get it for you. That's why I'm the head of this home. You'll never have to nag me because I'm studying you. You're on my heart, And so when you say something to me the first time, I I pay attention. You won't have to nag me. Well, how do you fulfill this need? Communicate your commitment to sacrifice for her. Again, Christ gave himself for the church. 
I'm supposed to love her like Christ loved the church. And that means Christ had to sacrifice something. I'll probably have to sacrifice something. I'll have to sacrifice an interest, a friend, a hobby, an event, an opportunity. But I'm willing to do that for her because I love her. Nothing is as important to me as you are, and I will sacrifice my will to make sure your needs are met. Number two, be sensitive to your wife's needs. She shouldn't have to nag or beg. She shouldn't have to do that. All romance is, you know, sending flowers, bringing home a gift, ride a car, doing something nice. All romance is, it just says, you're on my heart. I was thinking about you in this moment, so I, I wrote this down, or I sent you a text message, or whatever. Yesterday, I'm doing a, a training for a church in Tahlequah, and I've got all their people there, and it's an all-day training, and I'm, I'm helping pastors and leadership teams, and we had a break, and the very first thing I did is I pulled out my phone, and I sent her a text. Hey, just so you know, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. And she sent back hard eyes because that does something to her. Anyway, be sensitive to your wife's needs, right? A lack of romance just says, I'm not thinking about you. That's what a lack of romance is. A lack of, a lack of those little things says, I'm just not thinking about you. For me, um, I esteem to be healthy and I want to work out in the mornings. And I spend most of my, my best morning Jesus times are in the mornings. But I also know that one of her love languages is quality time. And you guys have heard me say this before, but I will bring her a cup of coffee every morning. And I know that is a need for her. She wants that time with me. And so it got to the point where I wasn't working out in the mornings and my Jesus time was beginning to suffer. And so I could have either said, sorry, can't do coffee, or I could just get up earlier. Does that make sense, friends? For me... I sacrifice for her, and I just, I just get up early. I spend time with her. Be a faithful provider and money manager. This is one of her needs for security. Be a faithful provider and money manager because that's another part of security. Another basic need of a woman is soft and non-sexual affection. Soft and non-sexual affection. The more non-sexual, sensitive affection they get, the more sexual ladies become. It's just the truth. And it's, it's, it's that Brad Paisley song, I don't know, when you say a back rub is just, I don't sing. You can obviously tell that, right? When you say a back rub is just a back rub and slap my hand when I try, that. That's what it's, that's what it's talking about. Listen to her when she wants to be held. Be patient and gentle. When it, what it communicates to her is she's more than just an object to you. She's your friend. She's your companion. Then you're both connected at a higher level than just sex. To her, that's a connection. You know, uh, I, it took me a little bit to figure this out. And uh, I, I am a very prude person. And so when we are in public, I am not a very visually touchy-feely kind of person. And, um, but sometimes you'll notice that in between services out here, if I see her, I'll walk up from behind her and I'll put my arms just around her like this, right? 
and I did not realize what it was doing for her. But she says it is her most favorite thing. Obviously, we're having AC issues. It's getting warm in here. I, I see them working on it. I apologize. You're going to hear this thing go on and off a little bit. But it's, it speaks to her need in life is me to come up. And again, I had to kind of choke back the fact that I'm a prude dude, okay? The third basic need of a woman is open and honest communications. Ladies don't just want headlines. They want details. What did you do today? I went to work. What else did you do? I stood at a machine all day long and I did this, right? That's not what they want. That's not enough. This is how she connects with your world and with your heart. When she says, what did you do today? You want to say, I didn't do much. But don't do that. You, you need, this, this is what she wants, fellas. At 5.32, I came into consciousness. <laughs> I was not asleep. I mean, I, I, was not a, I was not asleep, but my eyes weren't open yet. I was feeling a little nervous about the drive up Highway 69A because they said it was going to be closed for two days. That's what she wants. Like, she wants details, and more specifically, she wants to know how you feel about it. She doesn't just want the day. She wants the feelings behind the day. Tyra used to ask me, how, well, how do you feel about that? And I would be like, I, I don't feel about that at all. Nothing. See, what you need to understand is men come emotionally unassembled, okay? Women have to wire them together. It's like, okay, that, right, that, that's an emotion, that right there, right? Do more of that. And so I, she, had to, she had to show me what emotions are. She had to tell me, that's what I'm looking for. You were upset about that. Yes. Well, why were you upset? Because I felt like he disrespected me. Oh, now we're getting someplace. Does this make sense, friends? I had to make it a priority. And so what we had, we had conversation. I said, let me get home from the day. Let me shower. Let me get my head space in the right space. And then let's talk. Let's have, com- let's have conversation. Reader's Digest posted an article about sex secrets that women wished their husbands knew about them, right? Sex secrets that women wished their husbands knew about them. Number one, for a woman, sex begins with their life as a whole. That has nothing to do with sex. (laughs) Nothing. Number two, many women find intimate conversation stimulating. What does that have to do with sex, right? Nothing. That is nothing in there for me, okay? Uh, Number three, attention to a woman after sex can be vitally important. That's after sex. It doesn't count, okay? Number four, women need non-sexual touching and tenderness. These are not sex secrets to a man, right? The man wants to know, blow in my ear at a 45-degree angle, right? That's That's what men want to know. We want details step by step, right? But honestly, if you ask any lady, they're going to be like, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Now, fellas, remember a few minutes ago when I told your wives to be more sexual than they feel? By the way, you're welcome. (laughs) Remember that, okay? Talk to her 
more than you feel. Be open and honest with her. More than you want to. More than you feel. Talk to her. Um, who cares if you feel like it or not? You know, and some guys are like, well, I'm just not a talk- as talkative as she is. Well, yeah, you are. Because if you went to a, a game with all of your buddies, you would talk their ears off, right? You're more talkative than you think you are. Just talk to her. The last basic need of a woman is leadership. It's leadership. Women don't want to be dominated, but they do want their husbands to be the loving initiator of the home. Well, there are four areas specifically. She wants you to be the loving initiator in the children, the romance, the finances, and in spiritual matters. Just be the loving initiator. And to be the initiator just simply means you begin the conversation. You just begin the conversation. You begin the conversation about disciplining the kids. Just begin. It doesn't have to be your way or her way. You're equal partners in this thing. Just begin the conversation about discipline, about the budget, about church, about praying. She wants to be an equal partner. She doesn't want to be dominated on anything, but she does want you to initiate the conversation. And if you have a strong personality, then you need to ratchet that thing down a little bit. If you have kind of a more timid personality, then you need to ratchet that thing up a little bit and begin conversations. You need to decide that you're not going to make a decision without her, nor are you going to drag or push her into decisions. Just initiate the conversations. You're equal partners. You will treat her as an equal partner in everything that goes on, but you're going to be the initiator. Women love to be in a relationship with a man who is the loving initiator. So there are four basic needs of a man. Honor and respect, sex, fun and friendship, and that, that loving home. Create that loving home. For a lady, the four basic needs are security, non-sexual touch, touch and affection, open, honest communication, and leadership. If you can just understand those four basic needs about your spouse, your marriage will begin to unfold. Not just understand them, but meet those needs. Meeting each other's needs in marriage minimizes outside temptation. Most people take the energy necessary to love each other and meet those needs. They try to change each other. Let's don't do that, friends. Let's don't do that. I'm going to pray, and then um, I'm going to turn you loose. We're going to figure out our AC issue before second service. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you right now for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Father, we recognize that there are basic needs of men and women. And Father, it's not wrong. It's just different. Help us to understand that. And help us to not only understand, but to meet the needs of our spouse. Father, we love you. God, we know that the Bible says that the two shall become one. 
And this is one of the best and primary ways that that happens, Father God. It's meeting and understanding the needs of our spouse. So God, thank you for it. We worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.